Hey everyone. Welcome back to These Are the Valleys, the podcast. Man, we are wrapping up 2022. I hope it's been a great year for you. Um, even if not circumstantially, spiritually. Mike Todd always says this is gonna be the best year for you yet, if this is your best year spiritually. And I stand by that. I, I echo, I echo that right now. Um, this episode is gonna be about redefining success and just giving us a framework and a lens to look through when we start to reflect on what this year has been for us, what it's been like, what we've learned, how we've grown, um, and kind of just looking forward as well as we head into this new year, God willing, how we can plan better, how we can just shift our focuses for next year to be a little bit more successful than this year with spirituality and God in mind. So I've done a Bible study with the girls months and months and months ago about redefining success. And I feel like it was something that God brought back up on my spirit to just refresh and go over because in this time, a lot of people are assessing themselves, assessing their lives. And so I want to make sure that we are assessing our lives with the right lens so that we don't get caught up in hustle culture, so that we don't get caught up in pride, so that we don't get caught up in self-doubt or fear and all these other things that this end of the year, beginning of new year can bring up for us. So success, what is it? Spiritually, Jasmine, Jasmine is going to define it as remaining in God's will, period. Once you are remaining in God's will, you are being successful. I think that a lot of us as a generation or just as humankind, honestly, as a species, really value the question, what is my purpose? What am I doing with my life? And I think that it can be detrimental if we aren't addressing it through the right lens. And so the reason that I say that success is remaining in God's will um, is because that's your whole purpose, your calling, the things that God has given you to do um, when you follow them and carry them out would make your life successful according to God. It would make your life eternally successful. And I think that sometimes we get so wrapped up. It's so easy to get wrapped up in what the world defines as success or what social media defines as success or what our family defines as success that we forget what God defines as success, what God values and what God wants us to be accomplishing during this time that he has given us on this earth. So I want y'all to start looking at how pleasing your life is to God and not out of a lens of condemnation or shame, but out of a lens of finding a new measure or new goal in life, if that makes sense, to please God. Um, Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Um, well, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, y'all know. <laughs> and previously in that chapter, Jesus was talking about how we should not be worrying about anything and how the birds don't worry and all this other stuff. And, you know, worrying about the clothes on your back or what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on to you. Um, Jesus is giving us a priority list. Instead of worrying about your right now needs, the things you consider to be essentials or even things that you just want. Remember at first, the first thing is to be seeking God and all the other, all the other things will be added unto you. All these other needs and wants will be cared for and provided for. Um, 
And so I just really, really like to ponder on that sometimes when I get in these reflective modes of feeling like, hmm, am I being successful? What am I doing with my life? Is God pleased with me? Is God proud of me? That has been a big thing for me this year. Like feeling like God is proud of me has been a huge measure of how I'm measuring my success this year. And, you know, I'm pretty happy to say for the most part, you know, there might have been a couple instances he might have turned turned away mm-hmm. <laughs> because he wasn't that proud. And I mean, we've all been there. Like, listen, we're going to fall short. All have fallen short of glory, God. OK, period. But um, for the most part, I do think that I've done a very good job of listening out for what God wants me to do and doing it like I've been pretty obedient this year. And this has been my best year spiritually and I couldn't be happier. Uh, so I wanted to provide some biblical context around what success looks like. If you look through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, a lot of those folks that we like really hype up or like really focus on, or you always hear Bible studies on or, or sermons on them, them folks was not worldly successful. Like Jeremiah, (laughs) my boy was not. He was not riding in that Bima Beza Bentley. Yeah, hear me. Like he he was not. He was not having, according to the world. But he was wildly successful and was one of God's most popular prophets. Spiritually and eternally, that man is he has stored up riches for himself. Okay. I was reading, I don't remember the the, ver- the scripture on this one, um, or the verse, but I was reading the word and it was talking about how we shouldn't be laying up treasure in you know, the world, but how we should be laying up heavenly treasure and eternal treasure. And Jeremiah is heaven, like in heaven, that man is heaven, period. Like we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to be concerned. Um, Even if you want to look at Jesus, like Jesus was not wealthy during his time on earth at all. And he's literally son of God. <laughs> like He could have, he, he does have everything, like everything is already his. And when he came yet, he was born into a manger to some parents who were not wealthy, were regular people, um, and grew up his life, you know, just walking around, wasn't riding around on donkeys and horses and stuff, you know, didn't have like a huge mansion. He even mentions in the word where he says like, the son of God doesn't even have somewhere to lay his head, you know? Um, and the people could out outwardly, I'm sure the people of the time were like, who is this man? Like, mm <laughs> Mm-mm. You remember one of his disciples, I forget, I think it was Bartholomew, Jasmine, stop. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> one of his disciples is like, what good comes out of where he stayed? You remember when um, one of the disciples, I think it was Peter's brother. Oh my gosh, the names are escaping me right now, guys. Let me just stop naming people. But one of his disciples was trying to bring another one to him. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is him out of so-and-so, out of so-and-so county, you know, from the city over there. And he was like, what good comes out of there? You know what I mean? And this is the life that Jesus lived. And yet he's wildly successful. He's seated at the right hand of the father. Like, well, we just have to think about it sometimes where accomplishing God's calling for us is as successful as we need to be. And I know that that some people who, you know, want these hugely lavish, soft life, whatever lifestyles may not be super excited to hear that. But then I think sometimes we also need to address our view of what God has for us. 
The word says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask, think or imagine. So why is it sometimes when we hear that, well, pleasing God is like the number one priority. As long as you do that, you're successful. It seems like less than what we had envisioned for ourselves. And in no way could what we have imagined be less than what God has imagined. Regardless, if Jeremiah did not obey God and he went and became the richest man during that time, okay, cool, good for you. He died and he would, like, we would, he don't mean nothing. But now, thousands of years later, we're looking back at Jeremiah's words like, wow, you know, we're learning so much. We're growing from him. The amount of salvations that have come from his, um, contributions toward the word a lot of people's favorite verse is jeremiah 29 11 <laughs> which was god talking to jeremiah you know what i mean um so i just think that it's so interesting sometimes how we can see worldly success as a better version of life than eternal and spiritual success and so i just want to encourage y'all to rewrite that script in your head if you have that narrative rewrite that because that's not the right way to live and living like that is a slippery slope and that's a foothold for the enemy and it's only a matter of time baby when he see a foothold he running in he is running in so just patch up that hole in your framework if you have that framework that Obeying God will always lead you to be poor or this and that. Like there is a prosperity gospel, but then there's also a poverty gospel, right? Where some people feel like you can't have nothing if you follow in Jesus. As long as I got Jesus, I don't need nothing else. Yes, but also why do we have the perspective that when God calls us to something, it's going to cause us to be without or that we have to be in lack? Like, you know, God is not a God of extremes. He's a God of balance and peace and order. So either way you look at it, you know, you got, you got to bring your, you got to bring your lens back to the middle, bring your lens back to God, because that's, that's not, that's not the call either. Um, so yeah, I know that, uh, Matthew 16, 26 talks about, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, like, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Like the world, the world, the word talks about so much realigning our, our priorities about what we think success is about valuing the word of God and the will of God more than the world. It's in here over and over and over again, guys. Um, and we really just have to get to a point where we see it as that, where we see our ambitions and things like that as something that needs to be submitted to God. Um, when you make these vision boards and things like that, pray before you do that. When was the last time something spiritual was on your vision board? When, the la- when was the last time that something spiritual was a New Year's resolution for you or a short term goal for you or something that you're actively working on? I think sometimes that we can add goals for, you know, I want to be this amount of pounds by the end of the summer. Oh, I want uh, to get a therapist for my mental health. Like, oh, I want to be in a relationship or I want to heal from this relationship um, during this year or I want to be married or whatever it is. But a lot of times we leave out God and our goals. And that's not cool. I feel like when you have more worldly goals than spiritual goals, We might have to assess things sometimes like, yes, we live in the world. So I get that there's going to be, you know, some focus on the world, on the world or on our bodies or on whatever it is, 
I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is God matters more. And so just keep that in mind when you're goal planning and even when you're reflecting. Don't get so caught up in condemnation and shame that you forget all the good that God has done, how much growing God has done in you. One of the things that I constantly am reminded of during this season is how much I've grown spiritually. I talk about this all the time on this podcast because I just really can't believe between last December and this December, this type of person I am. Like, <laughs> I am officially a year abstinent, y'all. Y'all know that uh, that video, that girl is like, I ain't had no sex. And then she takes off running. Period. I And, and I felt her. And I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> I think she married now, so good for her. But yeah, y'all, like, it's just crazy how much God has grown me, how much God has changed me. And I know if you took the time to spend with God and just really reflect, you would see some changes in yourself as well. Even if, you know, it's not something that's outwardly expressible. Are you more patient? Do you have more joy? Do you have more peace? Are you better at conflict resolution? Are you slower to judge, slower to anger, quicker to listen, quicker to love, quicker to forgive? These are all measures of success. If you go in Galatians and go look at the fruits of the spirit, go look at if you've grown in any of those areas. Right? Jesus talks about, and this is how you will know if someone is my follower, if they love one another. Have you been getting better at that? Have you been getting better at loving other people and loving yourself? These are all measures that we can be using to calculate our success that sometimes I feel like we miss out on. Now, something that Holy Spirit just brought to my mind. Um, don't be discouraged if you don't have the big picture of what your purpose is just yet. I don't know that you're really ever going to have the big picture of what your purpose is until you pass away and go to heaven and have talks with God yourself. <laughs> because I got to a point where I was dragging my feet on doing anything, making decisions at all. Like I was, I was at a stalemate because I was like, okay, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what my purpose is. And until you tell me what my purpose is, I'm not moving. And in a way that's control and manipulation. And I was wrong and pride. Okay. We get it. We get it. Your girl has some growing to do, but I don't want y'all to get caught up in, you know, oh my gosh, am I doing my purpose? Like, I feel like I'm not doing my purpose. Therefore I'm not successful. I feel as though when you continue to seek God, like we talked about earlier, and God does give you little things to do, like even if it's, you know, start hanging out with your family more or forgive so-and-so or start reading your word more or find yourself in community or find a home church, whatever it is. Even if God tells you to start getting on that treadmill, like <laughs> whatever God tells you to do is accomplishing your purpose. The word says that we plan our course, but God establishes our steps. It also says that he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Therefore, as long as we continue to take steps forward in small obedience, we will end up exactly where we're supposed to be. Your purpose is achieved over your lifetime, okay? It's not something that's gonna happen to you next month. It's achieved over your lifetime. And the more you continue to commune with God, the more you continue to stay consistent with God, the more you continue to obey God, the more confident you can become that you're walking in purpose. Y'all, I'm a server right now. I am a server at a restaurant. But I wholeheartedly believe that my life is, is moving according to God's will right now. Wholeheartedly. Whole, I have zero doubt in my mind. When I say I go to God and be like, okay, God, what you need me to do? And he say, go left, take three steps, and then bust a right. I'm going left, taking three steps, busting the right. Do I know where I'm at? No. 
<laughs> Does this look like a destination? No. I don't know what's going on, y'all. I really don't know what's going on. And that's okay. But to me, the successful part of it is not knowing where I am or what I'm doing or what God is doing. The success is being obedient in those small steps because there was a time where God would say things and I wouldn't listen. There was also a time where God would say things and I wouldn't even know who was God. That's growth. That's success. Hey, anybody, anybody trying to learn how to hear from God and you feel like you hear from God. Do you know how happy that moment is for you? Y'all know what I'm talking about. That is a monumental moment when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I feel like I, okay, I feel like I got the hang of this thing. We and we God talking? Is he talking? You talking back? Okay. I love that about God, that he does talk back. It does take time to get there. So if you're not there yet, that's totally cool. But what I'm saying is, even in those small moments where you do hear God and where you do, um, commune with God and communicate with God and you're able to be obedient based off what you hear. That's a win. A win is a win. A win is a win. And I need y'all to start looking at y'all's spiritual life like that. Okay. Because I think a lot of times the enemy will come in and try to plant seeds of like insufficiency in our spirit and in our faith. Like, oh, you know, you ain't read your words. You lost your Bible streak. Y'all lost my Bible streak like two weeks ago. I was hurt. Okay. I was, you talk about feeling like a bad Christian. Wait till you lose that Bible streak. (laughs) I be feeling so bad every time I lose my Bible streak, y'all. I be going so long. Oh my gosh. But like literally stuff like that, the enemy will literally use to sow seeds of shame, condemnation, doubt, and try to make you feel like an insufficient Christian. But again, his mercies are new every single day. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Tell him, stop being jealous that you got grace and he don't. Per, that's all it is. That's all it is. (laughs) Like, don't be mad that God forgives me and you ain't getting forgiven. That ain't my problem. Take that up with Big G, okay? But yeah, y'all, like, count the small wins as wins. Count the small little growths as growth. Like, you may not be where you want to be yet, and that's okay. That's fine. I'm glad that you feel that way, actually, because that means that you've got plans to go higher, go bigger, and go deeper. And that's what matters. But um, the little wins matter, too. The small valley matters too. If you are still in the valley and you were in the valley last year, congratulations, you've made it a year in the valley. Like, come on, that's a win. <laughs> that is a win, y'all. The valley is rough. If you have one more spiritual friend than you had last year, congratulations. If you know one more verse than you knew last year, congratulations, okay? They don't have to be these huge monumental things. And just remember, like, as long as God is proud of you, what are we worried about here? Ask God if he's proud of you. Ask him. No shame. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Hello. So, yeah, (laughs) y'all. Romans 8.28. Remember, all things are working together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you love God. And you are called according to his purpose. So guess what? All things are working together for your good. Period. That's it, y'all. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus, question mark. We know it wasn't really December 25th, but that's the date we chose. And so we just going to roll with it. So happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess I'll talk to y'all next week, right before the new year. (gasps) 
last two episodes. I'm so excited. Thanks for tuning in, YouTube family. Make sure y'all subscribe, comment, like, and share this with a friend. Audio family, make sure y'all leave a rating, review, hit me up on Instagram at the Jasmine Cambridge. And yeah, I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet, but for now, these are the valleys. Bye.